This is the Infatuation Podcast, a show where we get together with people to talk about age and things that we love. This is Curtis, and on today's show, we'll be talking with fashion designer Colleen Quinn about couture fashion. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Today we are going to be dipping our toe into the world of fashion, which is not a world that I'm very familiar with at all. So I am fortunate to bring along a couple people with me today to help us through this topic. First of all, we have super producer Madison. Hey, Maddie. Hi. Are you happy to not be talking about fishing this time? Yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, no, you've been talking about this one for weeks, so this will be good for Mm -hmm. you. And coming all the way from Sydney, Australia, you all remember this person. She's the co-host of the Asian Soup Podcast, and you've heard her before on our show. It's Roxanne. Hey, Roxanne. Hey, everyone. Happy to be back. Yeah, welcome back. And just to refresh everyone's memory, uh, Rox started, uh, she studied fashion in college in Australia, and then went back to her roots in Hong Kong to work in the fashion industry for, what, four and a half, five years about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you kind of decided to pivot into digital marketing, but you met a really good friend over there, and you two decided to start your own company called KinMade? Yes. Right now, we have our own small kind of slow fashion company, so we just have a few dresses and doing things in our own pace um, and just creating things we really want to create. Um, so it's been really fun and still learning along the way. Um, so, yeah. But there was kind of a reaction away from fast fashion, yeah? So what's what would you say the difference is when you say slow fashion? I think it's, you know, slowing down the pace and not having that pressure with, you know, large minimum quantities and, you know, making things in limited amounts and just doing, creating what we love. Um, I think we always just want to stick with that for now, even, you know, if it's only a few styles. So not the traditional, you know, you need 20 styles in one season or whatever it might may be. Um, so, yeah, just going at our own pace and not encouraging trendy every season changing kind of day to day wear. Yeah, so just like a friendly alternative. Yeah, and and your materials are all sustainable. And yeah, so yeah, in Hong Kong, there's this um, area called the Shamsho Pole, and we'd go there and we'd kind of find leftover fabrics and create things with dead stock, so things that are already there and not creating new fabrics and trying to use, um, you know, natural materials and yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> fun, fun. And you, you sell mostly online, but then I, I've seen you do like little pop-ups at markets and outdoor yeah. spaces. Yeah, yeah. We've done a few pop-ups and going to see what I can do in Sydney since I've moved back. So, yeah, we're trying out some markets and, yeah, see if we can do some collaborations with friends and see how we go. All right, so all you Aussie listeners out there, get down to the marketplace. Look up, look for Roxanne; she'll be there. But thanks a lot. Thanks for coming along again, Rox. It's going to be fun having you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited. And all the way from San Francisco, we 
We have uh, a real fashion legend around here, uh, born and raised in the Bay Area. Uh, Colleen trained in the French couture traditions and infuses her background as an American with Chinese roots. And she has been in the fashion industry for over three decades and has been commissioned by museums and dance companies and celebrities requesting gowns from her and that she's been worn on the red carpet by the likes of Naomi Campbell, Gina Davis, even uh, Jennifer Newsom, the first lady of California, has worn Colleen's uh, gowns. She has taught fashion at FIDM and the California College of the Arts. And you continue to teach, I believe, individuals kind of on a more personal Mm -hmm. basis. Colleen has been featured in many magazines and TV shows, most notably uh, America's Next Top Model, uh, where Colleen was a guest designer and a judge. Colleen is also a painter and a sculptor and an all-around amazing person. So today we are, our infatuation is fashion designer Colleen Quinn. Welcome, Colleen. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. I love, love, love meeting you, all of you. And um, I'm just so glad we're together. It's a community. And yeah, it's important yeah. to, you know, to meet new energy, too. So thank yeah, you. yeah. No, we're excited to have you here. This is going to be fun. And so uh, you've met uh, Madison and Roxanne, so we're just going to have a little chat here. Uh, let's get to know you first a little bit. You were born in the Bay Area, but you have roots that go back. I think we chatted on the phone and we were, I'm pretty sure our grandparents probably knew each other. <laughs> I have this feeling too. Isn't that wild too? Because I don't know, um, DuPont Street, you know, which is Grant yeah. Street, right? So yeah, yeah and uh, I feel kind of rooted there, but yet, I, you know, it's just new to me because I'm getting back into uh, San Francisco Chinatown, too. So it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was, we, we figured out it was like, we don't know how to count the generations, but like at least four generations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so do you, do you know much about what your ancestors did when they came over here or, you know, when your grandparents were working here? What, what sorts of things did your family do? Yeah, so um, my grandfather, which is my father's father, he was born here in San Francisco, um, and he became actually a medicine doctor. So that was really cool. His father, which is my great-grandfather, brought him over here. So um, I'm not sure what my great-grandfather was, but I just knew my grandfather was, like, looking for gold, too. And so both my parents actually are both medicine doctors, so they're both uh, into healing people. And yeah. I feel that's kind of like what I love to do, but I through, I do it through fashion. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> way to look at it. Was there any pressure on you? It's like, hey, you know, it runs in the family, time for medical school. Um, well, so my, my father, though, is an engineer. And then my brothers were, you know, into finances and engineering, too. So I got my computer science degree before <laughs> I went into fashion design. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Interesting. So Interesting. I don't regret any of that, but um, actually, because, you know, couture it has to do with calculations. And um, mm. so you become this kind of drafter and you calculate. It's like geometry. So actually, the math and computer science was very well, you know, it was well taken. And I use it for my own work now. In, in <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure. Did your passion for fashion stem later in life or did you enjoy like playing dress up as a kid or doing art? Like what was the catalyst? 
Yeah. Um, my mother was my first teacher in some ways. And I started at five years old. I started like coloring and painting and drawing. And then I had that Barbie tracer where you would make the little, <laughs> like you would yeah, make yeah. the little fashion stuff, but I started yeah. painting and everything. My mother was my teacher. She taught me how to sew. And then um, she would make my dresses and I would shop at Brightex and then I would choose mm-hmm. my fabric. So I was already being acquainted by colors and fabrics and textures, what I would want. So it began really early, like the young stage. Yeah. Um, and then it just started um, escalating because I became an ice skater too. I don't know if you knew that, but I was a competitive I didn't ice skater. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm Asian. <laughs> we do everything. <laughs> like, yeah, right. And so, um, and then I started making my own costumes and, and for other people. And then, you know, so here I'm doing all this and that. But then it's like my calling was definitely fashion. I love it. It's just so, mm-hmm. so fun and beautiful. And my mother was also... Um, very much into dressing very well from head to toe. And she um, she would wear her hats, her gloves, her purses, you know, it would just all match um, everything about beauty. So it was about beauty and fashion that my mother gave me. That reminds me of me and my mom because really? um, yeah, when she was like pregnant with us, she spent a lot of her time sewing. So like we have this rocking chair and the cushions, um, like the coverings on them, she sewed in like all of our baby stuff and our curtains. And she, I asked her, I begged her to teach me how to sew for the longest time, but it's so hard because I can't sew in a straight line. Really? Wait, do you live here? Yeah. You need some lessons for me. I know. Oh, I teach- Madison, if, if Colleen is offering, it. you definitely yeah. should take it. A- yeah, actually, I only have three students, but um, I'm always looking for the ones that are really passionate. But I would teach you everything. You know, that's I raise you and then you can do your own business or whatever you want to do. But I do really suggest I mean, it is the true way of learning if you want to learn with mm-hmm. down the road. If you yeah, want. but yeah, that's awesome. It's never too late. I, I've been teaching someone that is in their 30s, 40s, um, but also mostly in their 20s or in their teens, actually, too. Mm-hmm. Like I had one student I was teaching. She was in her teens at 12. And then now she's at she's in uh, London and she's designing now. So Amazing. In Europe. Yeah, that's so cool. Rox, is that story similar to yours? Did were you a were you a kid who liked dressing up and making your own stuff? Or? Yeah, I love I love drawing. Like I love drawing outfits all the time. And yeah, and then um my my mom was a production manager at some oh. Sydney Sydney kind of fashion labels, and I was always surrounded by clothing and you know the process and excited, like you said, like about the fabrics and how to dress. So it was always really exciting to, it was a way to express yourself and yeah. yeah exactly. Great. I mean, you bring out your own style, you find yourself that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really evolving in some ways. It's, it's so, and it is, it's fun. It's definitely yeah. fun. <laughs> so you, you went to college and studied computers Yes. And how did you make that shift from computers to fashion? And, you know, because I was a software programmer. So here I'm like, doing, you know, my mind's kind of like engineer, like my father. So I can break things down and figure out, oh, how does this A to B get to here? And I like that process. So, um, but after I got my degree and then I was about to graduate, oh, I was about to get an interview with IBM. And then they said, oh, you have to wear a Navy suit. And I said, oh, <laughs> all, all the time. <laughs> anyway, so then I just, I was thinking, I was going, well, wait, do I really want to be wearing a Navy suit all my life and then debugging programs? 
when I really love <laughs> ice skating and doing everything else, like creating costumes and stuff. So then I said, oh, mom and dad, I really want to go to fashion design. And there's a school here, FIDM. Can I just go there and just get my degree and then we'll figure it out? You know, but I, I was determined, like, if I get in there, I'm going to start working. And that's what happened. I did. So, I, you know, I was like 21 or something when I, I got my degree in, in fashion design. And then I immediately went into the industry and I started working and I just made it happen. It's like, I'm not going to return back to computers, even though I should have maybe because I would have been making a lot of money (laughs) in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, what I know anyway. So, you know, then I love what I do. It's not about the money. It's about my passion and my heart. And I thought, exactly. And you fell and you fell in love with Okatur or or when did that come oh, okay. into your so, uh, so I studied fashion design, um, American design, and that was at FIDM, Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And then I worked in the industry for 10 years, like with Wilkes Bash for like different local designers here. And then after that, I, I met a woman that came from Paris and she had her Eau Couture degree in evening wear, and she was in her 60s already. Um, and her name was Simone Stephanie and she taught here privately. So I actually was working at the gap, you know, full time. And then, and then I was going to school with her in the evenings and doing all my homework. I was like a workaholic. I'm always a workaholic though. But so then I, I got my degree with her and she was able to give degrees in couture, but Mm. it was a three-year program every day and it was intense but it taught me how to feel design it was more artistic it was a lot of calculate it's very it's very intricate it's all about made to measure i had to study the human body and do measurements and do fittings and then it's like amazing you learn the anatomy of design from Mm. you know like 100 different sleeves 100 different skirts Um, like you know i can draft anything out in my imagination now so anyways i studied with her and then i started my own business yeah and so for, for those of us who aren't too certain of exactly what couture is, yeah. I think you, you shared a little bit about it. But what, what's the basics of it? It's made to measure. So um, one of a kind, like everything's like a one of a kind. Yeah. Piece. And in some ways, you know, we're talking about sustainability. It is sustainable. Do you know that I, I only ordered the fabric for my client? I don't do mass. I never did mass. I would only make one piece at a time. And each person I meet is like... Um, you know, like I heal them, like I measure them, I create the gown for them. And I focus only on them. They're like my, uh, I'm like a doctor through fashion, because this Uh is like the highest art of fashion design is, is this way is this kind of, you know, taking one design and creating it for one person at a time. Every person has its own beauty. Hmm. And it's, it's mostly hand, hand done or? So it's hand sewn, it's hand drafted. It's, um, and a lot of it's hand sewn. I teach French sewing, but a lot of it is also machine too, but it's done one, you know, like it would take maybe 200 to 400 hours for one design. Oh, wow. Wow. And so then we, I'd also, you know, choose the fabric. Mostly it's in silk. Also it would be structured inside in silk. So everything inside and out is beautiful. And my gowns will last for 20 to 30 years. Like if you took care of them, like they're almost like heirlooms. So you can, you know, actually hand it over to your daughter if you have to. A lot of my clients will do that. They will hand yeah. it over to their daughters. Yeah, because my pieces are kind of classic, but has a little edge to it. But they're very timeless. Like, I can't believe hers. I just got another, like, order from Madam Butterfly. And that is like a 30-year-old design. Yeah. Hmm. 
We're gonna have to we're gonna have to get some of your pictures to put them on our Instagram because we're on radio, which is not the best for a fashion show. But we'll have to get some of your uh, class or or some of your favorites, and we'll put them on our Instagram if that's okay with you. Sure, yeah, because uh, yeah. people need to see these. <laughs> yeah, and couture is all about um, not skimping with fabric, right? So it's like I can have a gown that has sixty yards of fabric, a chiffon. And it just looks like it's just everything is very luxurious. Now, that's where, of course, that's not I don't know. I guess it's sustainable, but it's a little bit more luxurious. But you don't have to go that way. But I'm just saying everything is of the finest because it's a luxury. It's just beautiful. It's like a jewelry piece. You know, it's a collector's. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to get like a trend and buy a whole bunch of them. It'll last forever, though. It's beautiful. And it fits like to a T. So I make sure that everyone's gown fits perfectly on them. You know, like yeah. perfect perfection. As long as they don't gain weight or lose weight. <laughs> if they gain weight, like I used to do that for brides, and they they come in a week before the wedding, and then they're ten pounds smaller. <laughs> and I was uh-huh. like, oh my gosh! And then we'd have to take it in, you know, uh-huh. and it would have yeah. to be a certain way that you take in the darts. But I teach all that, you know. It's there's there's a geometry of the whole body. It's like a three D kind of you know lesson. I don't know. It's like it's interesting. I see everything in dimension though not flat just yeah yeah it's it's like kind of like that visual there's a type of there's like this hierarchy of intelligences or not hierarchy there's these different intelligences and some people are really good at numbers and some people are really good at language and but there's this one intelligence called spatial intelligence and you, you probably oh, yeah. have that yeah and like i even see things through sound because i used to design costumes for the ballet for alonzo uh-huh. king for like 15 years so I meet all these composers and they create this music. And then, you know, they could be from Morocco. They could be from Africa. Like I get all these cultural people and then I learn their music and I look at the dancers and then I start seeing shapes on the dancers while they're dancing. And then I create the shape and then I make it so it fits for them. But I see sound, I sound vibration. I can see creations through that too. Oh, so I see yeah. through different senses as well. So like, I don't know. I guess because I've done this for so long and I also play music. I, ha- I play like five different instruments. I can see things in so many dimensions. And then I was a dancer. So I see things in movement, there's sound, and I feel everything. And then it all kind of works together. And then I paint yeah. too. <laughs> I I'm just like, I'm just like it's lighting up right now because <laughs> I don't know. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, everyone can do that, right? It's just a matter of you opening up your senses. And so when I mm-hmm. have students, I help them think that way. I used to be a conceptual uh, like teacher at CCA. So I would help my students to expand their, you know, their visual. It's not only visual, it's sound, it's taste, it's smell. How do you interpret that into a creation, into a concept? And I like pushing you to do things like that. I'm a teacher. My first initiation, of, like whenever I, when I was born, I either wanted to be astronaut or a teacher. So I guess I'm a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. like to learn and then teach. Yeah. And yeah. help it's... others to be their own beauty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's so cool how art inspires other art. Like I know you've um I don't know if it was a sculpture or like a collection you did inspired by WC, but I love WC. Oh yeah. And yeah, I just did it recently. Did you see that? Yeah. Documentary? Mm-hmm. And um it's it's cool because a lot of impressionist 
pieces are inspired by other art too nature scenery like poems so it's like a whole chain of people making impressions of other people's art isn't it beautiful that we all Mm -hmm. each other and I really trust that we as artists come together so I love collaborating with other artists because we Mm -hmm. all have this other dimension that we want to share and grow yeah grow we can't stay still Mm -hmm. so thank you. But yeah, that was an amazing thing. I listened to that. And then I saw this like thing and then I started creating it. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it just um, like, don't be scared, just do it. You know, just be open. It's better to jump and do it instead of not at all. That's all I, Mm -hmm. because you will learn from it all the time, even whether it's good or whatever. It's good for you to keep on expanding and cultivating though. That's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. We just we just had an episode from an entrepreneur, and, and one of the things that he said is when you're starting a company is to, you know, fail fast, <laughs> or you know, fail often and fail fast, and you know, mm-hmm. learn from it and don't mm-hmm. make the same mistake twice. But it sounds like that yeah. flows into the arts as well. You know. Design. Oh yeah, you have to keep, you know, you have to keep on um, pushing yourself to learn. You have to be your own teacher, actually, because if you don't, you're going to you're going to get bored. And then also everything's going to look the same. And you mm-hmm. need to mentally and phys- all of us, I think, don't we all need to keep on growing in some form? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's important to do that. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, what was one of your most memorable moments? I'm sure you've had so many, but what was one of the most memorable moments being a fashion designer, was it, you know, having your, you know, gowns down a runway or was it dressing a certain celebrity or creating something for yourself? What was that moment where you're like, wow, I'm, I'm really a fashion designer or I just love, you know, what I'm doing now? I really think, and it was kind of strange though, because I, I don't, I mean, I do love film and I do love speaking and stuff like that, but I did love being on Tyra Banks for some reason. I don't know why. It was like a prime time. And then, the, you know, they picked me up from the airport. It was like in a limousine. And then, you know, I felt like a little movie star or something. You know, they took me there. I had a hotel and then Tyra, you know, and then I had this whole team of hair people and makeup. And then we filmed the whole day. And I love that whole film. And then I love talking and speaking. And I didn't have a script. So mm-hmm. I was able to grow and develop myself and then she also trusted me in my work and I it it feels so good to have like you know people supporting you I don't know and 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 yet she was a celebrity and it was just so honoring to be in her show and also that I was free to speak and then just to be and to show my work it was so honoring um I think that was just really delightful and then I got to meet everyone the crew so I love, I love that. I loved being in the midst of being supported because when you're an entrepreneur, you need that support. You really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you're just, I'm isolated, just doing my stuff. I'm in my own world and you help and you create things for people. But then mm-hmm. after that, you have to say bye-bye. And then, but you know, this one was kind of more like this is going to be on film forever. And yeah. that was truly mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, and I would love to, you know, down the road one day, do costumes for a beautiful film. I think yeah. that would last forever. Because usually my fashion shows, oh man, we will plan for a year. And then we'll have like 50 people in the crew. And then we're working so hard planning it for the whole month. And then we have the fashion show in 20 minutes and then it's done. And yeah. no one, I yeah. mean, 
and it's filmed but and then on to the next one yeah <laughs> right? the next, yeah and it's so expensive it's so much time everyone's doing it you get the super high but you know something about holding and freezing that moment is really honoring too you know i yeah yeah i mean like in fashion you have to kind of detach from it you can't hold on to it but i kind of want to hold on to it too you know yeah Does that make it's sense? like doing live theater right or like yeah you know doing a live performance yeah yeah, it, yeah yeah it's like you make it and then you have to burn it or something you know like burning it or something. like you know you have to let it go it's like oh bye i'm so exhausted now i'm gonna go to bed yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then next one right yeah. yeah 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 and so you know just being grateful because the fashion is fast mm. even my mm-hmm. you know even in my thing it's it's fast mm-hmm. you make it for the client and then oh yeah i was felt so beautiful and then the next thing you, know, you don't hear from them for a couple you know for a year or something and this yeah. So it's like fast and then they forget. It's kind of like a desire, a temptation, and then it's done. And then, and then mm. you go, hmm, I just burnt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, but not like, literally, but figuratively. Yeah, yeah. Not literally, but something like it from my heart. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like every time you have a cool new opportunity, like um, appearing on America's Next Top Model, yeah. does, does that like, augment your drive because I feel like every time I talk to people like you or like when I went to the Taylor Swift concert once I was like I can't imagine doing anything else with my life like it makes me want to work for it and I'm just like I want to be there someday so bad oh my gosh is that what you want to do too you want to sing yeah I want to do music (gasps) Mm -hmm. I love you for that you need to keep on sharing more about that I want to help you yes I mean Yeah, that's, um, you know, like having role models or just loving that environment. And you know, when you get there on, you just know that that's a part of you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just something like I need to be there and you will be there because I wanted to do this and I made it happen. I never Mm -hmm. let it go. I never let go of my, my, my goal uh, because it's a part of me and I can't, I can't waste my life not doing it. And that's what we're here for, actually. And you, yeah. if you know that, you just work on it. You just keep on working on it until you get there. And, Agreed. you know, honestly, like the more that you put towards it, the doors open, like the gifts from God brings even more challenge to you. It's kind of wild now because every time I go, okay, I want to do now this, it actually happens. And then you go, oh my God, it's like, I, you know, I, I should have been careful what I said. But it was, yeah. it's all good because, because the universe wants you to do that. And then you go, can I do it? Can I do it? And then the universe has got, well, you better do it because I'm giving it to you. you. Just ask me, you know, and, and it's, it's so true. You don't think you're ready, but you are ready. And you just jump. Mm-hmm. I'm always jumping on the edge all the time. And I'm almost 60 now. I still keep on jumping off the edge. I will never not jump off the edge or I might as well just be asleep. You know, period. That's a great right? outlook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, why not yeah mm-hmm. jump on the edge and just try it if you have that door open go for it go for it yeah yeah and i don't mind actually i never actually um my parents always said oh yeah i made that you know okay maybe you made some mistakes but actually those mistakes become really good lessons for you for the next one right like that's what curtis was talking about and you need to have those in order to polish your character so that you can build this experience so when you hit a certain age, you just go, mm, I know what to do. 
And then it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you get into different levels, you know, of your life. And since I'm yeah. older now, I've just learned all these different levels. Like when I was in my twenties to thirties, I was just experimenting everything and I didn't know, but I just took the chance thirties to forties. I made it happen. I did my own business and I wanted to do that. And then 40 to 50, it was like, Oh, wow. I came to my prime and everyone wanted me. And then I can do whatever I want. And then like 50 to 60, you know, I decided to, oh, wow, you know, I'm kind of like buying wine now. Like people are kind of like acknowledging me and not underestimating me. And I I can really stand my voice and I'm turning 60 now and it is even better in some ways. I'm older, uh, I'm aging, but it's okay. I feel I can even do more, but I'm very selective now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go through all these different levels. And I'm so excited for you because you're a baby. So you're going to learn so much. <laughs> all this, every, every day is a journey for you. It's a beautiful okay. journey. That's all I can mm-hmm. say. It's super beautiful. I'm, I'm, so, I'm yeah. very positive though. All the I time. love how yeah. you yeah. went through the decades and I feel like, I don't know, I'm in my early thirties now and I feel like. Oh, you're a baby. Every, yeah, but then Madison's even more baby. But I think it's, it's <laughs> like now we're going through, well, sometimes I, I get like a bit, oh, you know, what am I doing this for? Or, you know, why am I even trying to start this? Like, you don't know what's happening later, but then I love how you went through it. And it's like, you know, you just do it and things will come. And it's very inspiring to know that. I, and you, so you're doing your own business and you're, yeah, this is time. Time, you're going to be so, it's so exciting, right? I mean, of course, as women too, I'm not sure if you're married or if you want to have children. I mean, there is those challenges that we have to mm. go through women. Too, right okay. you know do I want to you know like what I want to do with that but other mm-hmm. than that though if you have this passion in what you do and you have your own business it is the ultimate it's like the best I don't know it just gives you you learn so much from this you you develop mm-hmm. these leadership skills and then you can help others do you know like mm-hmm. this is your path is to help others too eventually amazing yeah I hope so I really hope so <laughs> life is like school to me yeah it is at all Big ages. Lesson. Yeah. Let me take a little detour here since we are the infatuation podcast. <laughs> Uh, we had a little chat about you spending some time in Shanghai and, and Hong Kong Ooh. and working <laughs> with the famous Chi Pao or Trang Sam, right? That was really wonderful. That was the year 2018. I went to um, I went to Shanghai with Duffy Wang, and he's with D3 D3 Productions, and he I've done two documentaries with him. So I'm kind of like a fashion journalist too. Uh, the first one I did was the minority ethnic groups. So it was all about the Miao and the Buyi villages, and I met them. Um, but this is the second one. He asked me. He said, Colleen. I want you to be the fashion journalist with another partner you can choose. Um, and I want you to talk about the cheese, you know, the Chung Sum or the Chi Pao, which is the same. Chi Pao is in Northern and Chung Sum is in Southern. That's how they, you know, but it's the same dress. Mm-hmm. And that is an amazing experience because I got to learn all the first masters that created it during the 1920s um, and how it evolved and how it began and how this liberation for women for us as Asian women, we were able to wear this cheap pal because it was able to outline our whole entire body versus before we weren't even allowed to show our body. So this was a true, like, um, almost like women can vote kind of thing. It was like our liberation. It was our way of having this beautiful kind of very sexy kind of, but yet 
kind of mysterious dress that it outlines your body, right? And only um, the socialites would wear this because they could afford to have it made. But now, of course, it's produced all over the place. But I got to meet all the tailors and, and just the story of it. I went to Shanghai and I met with all these young, older Shanghai women. And they taught me the whole etiquette of wearing it, how to sit, how to walk. Um, how to drink tea with it, you know, it, I, and I loved it. I was like the Shanghainese woman, woman learning all about this. So I learned this, I learned about it. Um, and then eventually it went to um, Beijing and then also Hong Kong. And Hong Kong made it much more sexier. The slit got higher, but in <laughs> Beijing, it was much, Beijing, it was much more intellectual, right? So there's, the slit was lower, is super, it wasn't so fitted. But in Shanghai was more fitted, but Hong Kong made it more contemporary. But I just love the whole evolution of it. And now I want to make my own collection because I feel like I've been chosen to kind of honor it, our Chinese roots, and yet also take to couture. And so I want to take it more into this French kind of um, Chinese way. And I mean, I feel, I don't know, when I got home, I designed 200 different concepts already. (laughs) I know. So... (laughs) You yeah, have, have to, to do go. it. Yeah, you have you to. I'm so, so excited. Yes. Yeah, and I feel I'm 60 now, and I want to. I don't want to do like evening wear anymore. I just want to do my cheap pal because it's on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and if like if I had to leave this planet, I want to do a hundred of them, and mm-hmm. then at least leave this kind of legacy or something, my for my roots. Yeah. 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 yeah, and bring it to the future. What's happening now? Yeah. And there's a little overlap, right? Because it is so fitted. It's right up the couture alley, right? With the hand fitted. It is. And so I met all the tailors and then they were, you know, showing me all the techniques and they were already naturally very couture. And that's what I wanted to bring into the Chi Pao documentary is that, yes, I study French couture and I'm, you know, but they're just as much couture. And I, and I wish this documentary came out, but it was supposed to air in PBS, but because of the Chinese the virus it was just it was yeah. kind of sticky so Dying, it hasn't yeah. shown it hasn't shown yeah. yet no. one Hopefully, day yeah yeah I you, hope you one- can do another one when you as a launch thing for your hundred t-pal oh you my god that document might- that somehow <laughs> what do you think that would be right? amazing no that yeah. would be amazing yeah oh i would love it yeah I'm just looking so- at your like brush strokes like imagine that in embroidery or something it's just yeah, you, you, yeah, you've got everything, oh, yeah. I think. Really? Thank you. I know. And then I got to meet all those beautiful embroiderers that can do that. It looks mm. like brush strokes, right? And mm. their stitches yeah. are so tiny and their threads are so thin, like, you know, silk. And yeah, and it just made me um, appreciate our Chinese culture more. And like, wow, we are, we have really old roots, you know, like we're so, we're, we're like pioneers. And yet we're, we're kind of humble and quiet about it. But I'm here to speak and to um, share. You know, although I'm very Americanized, like I don't actually even speak um, Cantonese or Mandarin, I can't, but I speak through other ways. You know, I play Gujang, I play Eru, and I, and then I do Qigong and Tai Chi, and then I, Uh and I do Chinese watercolor painting. So from there, I'm just doing it more visual and more spiritual, but I don't speak the language, but I speak in other ways. So when people go, oh, you only speak English, you don't speak Chinese, I go, well, my language is art. So my, my, <laughs> my language is very universal, actually. That's a beautiful mm. take. <laughs> yeah, I can go anywhere. I can go to Paris and they'll understand my work. I can go to mm-hmm. China. I, you know, I shared my work in Shanghai, Mocha, and displayed my 
my my butterfly dream. Yeah, that was um, at the Shanghai Mocha Museum for three months. So my work can be interpreted in so many ways. It doesn't have to be the, the literal language, actually. Yeah. Now, was that, like, for me, I, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s when it was kind of the time of assimilation where we were, you know, I didn't learn Chinese either, and it was kind of more like... Oh, no, oh, yeah. no. So it's trying to like blend in, you know, just don't I'd be rather. more American. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Was that was your was your uh love of Asian things and Asian style? Was that a little later in life or did, has that always been part of your fashion and your design sense? Um, well, you know, I think when I first was born, I just thought of myself myself as a spirit as a spirit. <laughs> like I didn't even think of myself as Asian because I was with you know, German, like all kinds of different people. I mean, my best girlfriend was German. So then I didn't really have a lot of Asian, uh, you know, friends until later on junior high or something, but I didn't even think of our culture actually until after yeah. I came out to, into the world when people were going, Oh, why aren't you speaking? And then I was, I had an identity crisis actually yeah, yeah. when I became, after I graduated from high school and then I got a little depressed because I was going, Oh, well, who, who are I? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a Twinkie, banana, or what? No, I'm Colleen. <laughs> like, you know, I'm a spirit. Like, and so then I, I did have a really major identity crisis. And then I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I need to know my Chinese roots. And then that's what happened, like, later on, like, my mid-20s. After I started fashion, I wanted to do some tributes. Like, what do I love? Flowers and all. It's kind of funny, though, because I love flowers and nature and everything. And then I started studying Taoism. And it has to do with everything like this. So it's already part of my DNA. Yeah. I didn't even know that. And then I, every time I go back to China, I go, oh, wait, that's what I love. And it's all, uh -huh. oh, because I'm Chinese. I don't know, because it's just like in me. Yeah, yeah. Does that no, mean I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. It's kind of spooky. But then when I yeah. go back to China, I go, oh, my God, I'm home. Like, everyone looks like me. Like, you know, <laughs> like, we're, and even though I don't speak, but then I, I feel the values. Yeah. Like, the same values. Like you're home. Yeah. Yes, I'm home. And in in that Chi Pao documentary, I, I was crying at the end. I was saying, I'm home. You know, I thought I was yeah. far away from my home, but I'm actually home. And I feel so good. I just feel more yeah. connected. I, it's really important for me. I'm only speaking for myself, but it is really important because here it's kind of like scarce. You know, we're just a group of us. And my only role model, which was an amazing, was my mom. But I'm seeing that the role models weren't as much. So I want to be a role model too for, um, you know, for women, Asian women too, um, because, and in the art field, you know, so like, you know, I don't, yeah, I want to have, I want to be that because it's hard. I didn't have a lot of role models though during my time. I had to be my own. Yeah. Yeah. That Word. <laughs> See, that's what I want to be too, because like there's I think it's getting a lot better now but like growing up I didn't see a lot of Asian women in entertainment so yes right yeah, yeah mm -hmm. especially in like American media you know yes. k-pop is definitely coming oh, in yeah, and sort of infiltrating <laughs> like you know like everybody loves k-pop now but I know. like growing up I didn't have any of that yeah, yeah. Right. And so you didn't have that, but we become warriors this way too, in some ways, because we go, Oh, there's not, well, then I'm going to be the pioneer. Mm. Yeah. Are you even more determined to be the one that stands out and yeah. becomes that spokesperson? Mm -hmm. Honestly. Right. 
before I used to be like, because I don't see anybody like me, I just think it's, it's not attainable at all. And I was like, maybe I should pursue something no. else. But like you said no. earlier <laughs> about like having like that innate drive to do something, I just can't give it up. Like I got to do it. <laughs> because you're chosen, sweetie. You're chosen <laughs> to make that happen. Do you understand? I'd like you to think so. Never, never be silenced from what your truth is. Mm -hmm. That's why, I, because your truth is your truth. Yeah. No one has it but you. Mm -hmm. So if you have that passion, sweetie, I want you to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for you too, as a sister, Aww. because we need to keep, we need to keep supporting each other with this. We yeah. need people. It only takes one or two people sometimes. And then it just kind of grows. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you That's just have that, that family village. Yeah. And I know because I'm a pioneer. I was by myself doing this. No one's a yeah. curry over here. And, and I'm still kind of, people still don't understand what I do, which is fine. It's just, I just do it. I just go, well, just look at my work. You know, it speaks a thousand words. So just do your work. Yeah. Just do it because your work will speak a lot mm -hmm. and do it from your heart. And, and if it's from your heart, it just grows. Oh my God. It's like the most beautiful message. And you will never regret any step that you've taken. I never mm -hmm. regret any of my steps that I take. And I always do my best. I never do half. I do my best all the time because every time you do your best and you get invited to do something, you grow more. If you don't do your best, mm, no, yeah. do your best all the time. Be grateful, be yeah. grateful and be humble, but do it and make it happen and surprise them, you know, mm -hmm. surprise because you are a gift. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm being really honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so, so nice. You're gonna make her cry, so beautiful. <laughs> no, and I, I, yeah. no, yeah, you have so much wisdom. And I had a bad mm. day today, so that's so nice. Mm. What? Oh no, then I'm sprinkling you with lots of love. And <laughs> I like, know. And I need you because you're our new, you're our generation. Yeah. You need to take the torch, sweetie. Please oh. down. Do you understand? I feel that think about your mother and your grandmother. I feel they're all behind me right now. And they're going please do this for us because we weren't able to have that voice. Mm -hmm. yeah, please do yeah. this for us. Be the voice. Be our voice. Yeah. I'm the voice too. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm so behind you. Yeah. And whoever you all are. So if anyone, if you feel like anyone like detours you from it, walk away, please <laughs> walk away because mm -hmm. you know what you need to believe in yourself. There are, I may be by myself believing in myself, but that's enough sometimes. <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. You know, I don't need a lot of people actually, because yeah. you have to have the drive yourself. You have to drive yourself. Actually, you have to be mm -hmm. the driver of your own self all the time. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Don't ever let anyone get you down. You have to drive yourself. You almost have to be in your own world. Mm -hmm. And then you can step out when you have to perform. You guys are too nice. I can't, I can't take all this. It's too nice. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. We're, you're paving the way. Only because I've been through it already. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. So you, you're not alone. I've been mm -hmm. through so much where people don't even understand my work, but I'm still doing it. Some mm -hmm. people call me an underground designer because, you know, I don't know. Some people, yeah, I, I've been called so many things, but it doesn't matter. I know my work is um, from my heart. You know, if you're doing good for the planet in some ways, it's only good, sweetie. It's only yeah. good. We're, we're going to be protected yeah. from the universe and above. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. we need to jump on a, a, a weekly call with Colleen every Friday. <laughs> <laughs>
Honestly, <laughs> you need to get pumped up. <laughs> I can already feel like you're such a good teacher, and oh. like just everything you say is very inspiring. And oh, yeah. real. Thank you. Feel yeah. free. You guys can always call me because I don't. You know, <laughs> I wasn't able to have children, unfortunately. But you know, and I had two miscarriages, and it broke my heart. And but then I said, well, maybe I can be a mother to every, you know, anyone that wants to approach mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. I really want to share what I have because I've been through so much. You know, I've even been through breast cancer. I've been through, I've lost I've miscarriages and I, I, you know, I actually, you know, have been separated from my soulmate for the longest time. And we were designers together too. Um, but, you know, and I'm alone now, but then I'm not alone because I'm doing what I need to do. And as long as you just kind of have to remember why you're here on this planet, actually, that will ground you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm literally going to cry. In yourself. I oh, love the <gasps> advice. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think I'm good right now. I think I'm good right now, but like it might happen. It just might. <laughs> and so, do you know, I cry all the time, <laughs> but you know yeah. what? Sometimes we need to cry and then we start having joy like sometimes we need that yin and yang and um we go to the dark side we go to the bright side we go to and then we find our way where it's neutral right and it's always challenging believe me i get depressed sometimes and then and then i have to get myself up and then i start painting but you're gonna find your way and that's in time right like what is your rituals that make you happy like you know i make tea my chinese tea and then i'm super happy for some reason i don't know <laughs> and having cookies or so i don't know but anyways yeah. but you know you got to find your thing that makes you kind of giggle and then you can move on with life and it builds your spirit in some ways too mm-hmm. well thank you for doing that for me today really yeah genuinely oh honey really mm-hmm. i love that. thank you for wanting to um listen to me yeah thank you that makes me feel good well likewise is, is this a love fest i know yeah. it's women empowerment month so it's women's month yeah it is and this will be on spotify and apple Podcasts, so you guys can listen to it whenever you want to We were chatting the other day, too, a little bit. I've, I've noticed you've been doing some things in our local community, especially Chinatown. Um, yeah. And so what, what's your connection with Chinatown? Did you did you grow up down there or just visit it on weekends like I did? Because yeah. back in the day, when we were kids, right, if you wanted good Chinese food, you had to go to Chinatown. Like oh, I know. I love it. Even the, what's that bakery called where they have the, the little melon cakes and the, you know, the little moon cakes. And the pop- Golden Gate. Yes. I grew, my mom grew up with that, you know, like, uh-huh, I, uh-huh. yes. So that was like, yeah, definitely. Or I buy like Chinese jewelry there. <laughs> it's like we'd go there, me and my mom, and we'd buy these Chinese jewelry. So yeah, yeah Chinatown was just more um, a visiting place when I was young. But as I'm getting older again, I'm coming full circle. And the more that I'm learning more about minority ethnic groups, the Niao, the, you know, Buyi, um, and then also my Chinese Chipao, I want to go back to my San Francisco roots because that's where my, you know, my father was there. He lived in Chinatown. My grandparents had their, their medicine store there on DuPont Street, Grant Street. So I'm coming back now. And then for some reason, again, I brought it out in the universe two years ago. And the next thing you know, Ed, um, he was a good friend of mine. He said, 
well, do you want to do a photo shoot there? I go, oh my goodness, that'd be so great. I want to bring out my iconic pieces. I'm coming back to, you know, San Francisco, my roots. And then the next thing you know, I had the, um, what are the burlesque women? Uh, they're so great. Um, the Grant Avenue Follies. You know, they were burlesque dancers. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And they're Chinese and they're like in their 70s and 80s. Oh, uh-huh. I love it. They're so inspiring. And so they invited me to do a fashion show. So I'll be doing a fashion show with them in August. And um, so things are starting to pour in. And then I said, oh, I want to do a mural art. And then now I know someone has found a place for me on Ross Alley. Oh, wow. And that's a very monumental place. You know, it's a yeah. legendary place, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to do a mural art there. And I want it to be very iconic and very celebrating, bringing in the Chinese roots and stuff. So I, I'm working on that right now. Wow. I'll come to San Fran when that mural is ready. And take <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. You're really an artist. You have like dipping your toes in all forms of, yeah and you know i'm not afraid because someone said well you never did a mural before i go well i did a couture piece i mean i don't know how much (laughs) difficult can it be i I put expectations on myself but then i know i'm just going to make it happen whatever that means were you ever tempted to move to new york or paris or milan or one of those different destinations not new york but paris definitely because i studied Mm. french couture and every time i go to paris i feel like that's my second home and um, I love their culture, so I love I love Paris a lot. Yeah, that would be my second home. But San Francisco has always been where you uh, come back. <laughs> San Francisco is my roots, and I'm kind of old fashioned in a way that I like to stay where I am. My roots are, yeah. Because you know, we traveled from China, right? I don't know. I, yeah. I was so, and people are going, "Why aren't you going to New York? Why aren't you going?" You know, I well, why can't I be here? Yeah, and yes, yeah. there's not much fashion here, but that doesn't mean I can travel. I can travel and bring my fashion anywhere. Sure, sure. So I feel like you you have a very strong sense of like yourself and then your spirituality as well as your creativity combined. Like how did you f- start that spirituality mm. and like where did you find that? Because it, it sounds like it's helped or I don't know, it's definitely a part of who you are and how you send your energy out. And yeah, I think we can all feel definitely. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to give that right. But um, I learned like Qigong and Tai Chi right after I couldn't conceive babies because I, so they were thinking that my acupuncturist is saying, Oh, well, maybe you can get it through spirituality through Qigong. And you know, there's a blockage going on. So then I understood about the energy of, how mm. we are and do you know this is like really old our roots it's like you know three oh, yeah. years yeah. old like it's not like it's like a new trend this is part yeah. of our ancient roots again and i'm going oh my god i'm going back to my roots again and so it's very simple but it's so advanced right mm. so then i started learning that when i was in my late 30s and um i didn't know the spirituality came out where i learned how to root my internal and i'm always like, you know, giving blessings and gratefulness and then, and it grounds you instead mm-hmm. of just taking everything for granted. Yeah, and like, yeah. it's not a part of that. We, it goes hand in hand. We need to, we need to do both. We mm. can't just do only physical and we can't only just do spiritual. We need to take care of our bodies physically and also internally our spirit because our spirit is forever. Mm. You know, when we die, we go up there well this is what i believe it doesn't have to ah, i love that too i, yeah. I believe that yeah. yeah yeah because it 
it's not the end. We keep on going. Yeah. Um, I heard that some of your um, pieces have been inspired by Taoism. And obviously, yes. it's not a tangible thing. So how do you translate like that into your art? Did you ever see my pieces? They're yeah, like yeah. big hair. Well, that's heaven. That's heaven. And then she's the human. Mm-hmm. And then I would have flowers becoming the earth. And then it's all is one. Mm. So that when you see my work, you'll see like human beings become birds and then flowers. Yeah. And I merge yeah. them all together because we need to pay homage to everyone. We need everyone. It's not like there's a hierarchy, like we need to appreciate nature. So then I mix them all together and that becomes my Taoist way. We're as one, all is one. Yeah, I love that. But then it's fashion at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put that little fashion in there. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I don't know what it is. And then people go, what is it? I go, I don't know. It's my own genre. I don't know. I, I just have, I don't even know. I just do it. <laughs> yeah. We usually end with a segment called uh, "Who's Your Infatuation," and an infatuation is any anyone that inspires you from the Asian world, Asian American, Asian Asian, you know, whatever. It could be someone you know, or it could be someone f- that you admire from afar. Is there anyone in the Asian community right now that would be would qualify as an infatuation for you? Okay. Oh. Okay. Let me see. Okay, yeah, it's the, not my community, but it's my family, and it's my father. Uh-huh. And he's 91, um, he's so zen, and nothing affects him. He's almost kind of really like a saint. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so wild. He's 91 right now. He's getting dementia right now, though, too. And But then I just noticed being with him more for four years, like caretaking him, that he's the most zen person. Like anything that's happening, um, like real crazy you know, I don't know. He'll just go, honey, don't worry. It's, you know, it's okay. And, and, you know, he, he's always treated me that way. He's never yelled at me ever in my life. He's always optimistic. He's never judgmental. He's, he never complains about anything. And he just goes, oh, what a ding dong. But then that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't notice this, this until I, he was 90. Like, you know, like it took me 60 years to understand him. But like how I had such a, have such a great role model um, as a mm. father, and I want to. He's teaching me still till till this yeah. final stages right now. He's teaching me how to live life in a very peaceful way. Yeah. So he Amazing. is my my infatuation. I love my father. I think he's gorgeous mm. and he's very handsome and and <laughs> such a beautiful man. Yeah, and he he was so loving to my mother, and he was married to her for you know. 70 years uh, until my mom died 40 years ago and when he smiles and he smiles i i see his his, and his eyes glitter and he's like a part of like god or something like he's just a light to me he's like a bright light colleen quinn thank you for coming (laughs) along and pumping us up on a friday night we are super happy to have you here is it better than champagne oh yeah for sure for sure you guys hunt me up too i love you guys i love your smiles too i know and i love that you share with me and um i just feel really honored so people can follow you on facebook at c-o-l-l-e-e-n-q-u-e-n or on instagram it's at at colleen quinn and i'll put this in the notes so people can just click on it that sounds great 
Colleen has a website called quenlife.com, and I'll spell that out on the on the notes so you can see what Colleen's been up to, as well as what she is currently up to. So lots mm-hmm. of good info there. And let's see you, Roxanne. Thank you for coming along, too, all the way from Australia. No, it was so nice to meet um, Colleen oh. and hear about your story and be inspired just about spirituality and your really? process. I'm so happy. Yeah, because yeah. it sounds like you're very spiritual, too. I'm getting there. I feel like you're <laughs> on a next level, but I hope one day I can, you know, be a Zen and um, positive and kind of. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, you know, and I didn't learn that until I was in my later 30s. So you're, mm-hmm. you still have some time. <laughs> you're not ready, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you, <laughs> you are exploring yourself right now. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. True. yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, know. I wish you so much and, you know, just so much success in your business. I give you so much credit for doing that. No, it's a thank you. you know, <laughs> doing that and not giving up. Mm-hmm. And and just make it happen. I'm so proud of you. So I'd love to look at your work too. So that Thank you know, you. and if you ever yeah. need help or anything, any you know, oh, anything, please yeah. feel free to. Yeah, we'll keep going. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and, and you can, you all out there can follow Roxanne's uh, company at kin underscore made on mm. Instagram. And you can also listen to Roxanne, and she comes out with episodes uh, every other week on the Asian Soup Podcast. And you can listen to her on Spotify or Apple. And, of course, thank you to Maddie for coming along and working the the soundboard as usual. Uh, And everyone out there, thank you all for listening. I hope you learned something today. I think think everyone out there is is pumped up and (laughs) learned a little bit about fashion, but learned a lot about life probably just by listening to this. So thank you all out there for listening. Uh, You can get a hold of us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Infatuation Podcast, and all these details will be in the show notes and please follow us wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a, a rating there or give us a review on Apple. That would help us out a lot. Uh, but until you hear us again, on behalf of Colleen, Roxanne, Maddie, and myself, we hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon. And bye. 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 Take care. Thank you.